Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Dr. Kimberly Leonard. Dr. Leonard is the author of Visualizing Happiness in Every Area of Your Life and the host of the Incredible Life Creator Podcast. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kimberly. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And I enjoyed having you on my podcast also. It was a wonderful interview. So I encourage people to go and find it and listen to it. Thank you for having me on your show as well, Dr. Kimberly. I really appreciate you. Now, why yeah. don't you start by telling us about you and where you're from? Okay. Well, um, I grew up in Michigan in the United States in a small town, Port Huron. And I, my family was kind of like a, the typical uh, American family, middle, middle class. And my parents gave me a lot of different experiences throughout my life. So they made sure I was in dance and baton and <laughs> everything swimming. <laughs> so they gave me a really uh, great amount of experiences as I was growing up. And then as I was uh, getting older, I wanted to, I thought, what do I want to be? And I always wanted to be a veterinarian but then i got to ninth grade and found out that veterinarians cut on animals as in do surgery and i got to ninth grade biology and i said oh no this is not for me i'm just going to stick to you know just petting animals and so i thought well what do i want to do i really want to be able to help people since i'm not going to be helping animals how can <laughs> i like to really help people and so i looked at the different uh types of doctors and i chose optometry and i chose optometry because i wouldn't have to use you know knives or i wouldn't have to see blood too much and uh so that made me happy and also i had a great experience with my own optometrist I had a really difficult time wearing contact lenses for the first time. So he gave me the, the soft ones and my eyes turned red and I looked like I'd been drinking when I went to school. And, and then and he said, well, okay, well, let's try the hard ones. And if anyone's had a hard contact lens in their eye, it feels like toenails, but you get used to it after a while, believe it or not. But it, it doesn't feel that great at first, but my eyes still turned red. Um, I found out that I was allergic to thimerosal, which was a uh, drug that was in a lot of uh, preservative that was in a lot of things early on. Now the contact lens solutions don't have that. But anyways, he worked with me and worked with me and worked with me. And so when I was thinking about what kind of doctor I wanted to be, I thought, hey, I could be an optometrist. I can do that. So I started out by just um, working at his offices whenever I had a break from school. And that's how I actually got into what I was doing. And um, I found that just studying about diseases was a little bit uninteresting for me. Of course, you have to learn that so that you can find diseases in people's eyes. But after a while, it got very boring. And so um, I got into, when I was in school, I had a rotation where we learned something called vision therapy. It was a pediatric rotation. And kids would come in who are having difficulty in school so they were having difficulty with reading or getting their homework done, or they're having difficulty with their attention. And um, so I was working my 10 week rotation. I had a couple little boys I was working with, but one in particular, Darren just, just stole my heart. So he was about nine years old. He came in with his mom and most of the schools um, are kind of in bad neighborhoods. So this was not, a great neighborhood and the mom was on assistance and the 
the treatment was cash. It wasn't insurance. And so we gave her a sliding scale and she came and she was dedicated and she paid to have her child have vision therapy. Well, when he first started coming in, Darren kind of always looked down and kind of looked sad. He was, he was a sweet boy, but he looked like really shy. And then after I'd been working with him for about a month, five weeks, he'd come in and his face is up. He's all bright. He looks like sunshine and he's got this big grin. He's so happy to be there. I said, Darren, because I didn't know I was just, you know, this is the first time I'm doing this with someone. I'm just following the rules, what they told me for the therapy. So I didn't know what's going on. So I said, Darren, has something changed since we started working with you? And he said, yeah. I said, well, what is it? Because you seem so much happier. He said, well, I don't feel stupid anymore. I said, what? You don't feel stupid anymore. He said, yeah. When I used to have to read out loud in class, everybody would laugh at me because I couldn't read. He would stumble over the words because he was seeing double. He said, but now I can read and nobody laughs at me. So that just like grabbed my heart, pulled my heartstrings. And I thought to myself, you know, I could do this over and over and over and over again helping more and more people because it's not just kids who have those problems. It's adults who grow up to be CEOs of their company who secretly feel stupid because when they have to sit and read something for a long time, they can't pull the information in. And so they would, you know, give someone else those tasks, but they inside, even though they're super successful, feel secretly stupid. And I thought who, no one should go through life feeling that way inside. And so when I got out of school, I uh, did a fellowship with uh, Dr. David Cook, who is one of the uh, most famous vision therapy doctors in the country. And he has written books and has trained other people. And I actually was able to be in his office and watch everything he did and learn from him. And I have been able to help so many people over the years doing vision therapy in, in my own vision therapy clinic that I opened later on. And, you know, it was people, kids having trouble in school, kids having attention problems and adults too. There's a lot of adults with attention problems or people have had um, head injuries. A lot of times after the injuries, even though the doctors say you're fine now, you get better, they still have problems with dizziness, running into doors. They have all sorts of other issues that nobody addresses, but doing the vision and brain work does address that. So that's how I started out in the profession that I'm in now. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us, Dr. Kimberly. Now, can yeah. you tell us more about your incredible podcasting course? Oh, yes. So um, as you know, I have a podcast and um, I learned from one of the best. I really do seek out masters when it comes to learning things. <laughs> so I did learn from one of the best and I've been doing the podcast for over a year now. I've got um, over 150 podcasts recorded to date. And I love connecting with people. So the podcast gives me a chance to connect with amazing people in all over the world. New Zealand, South Africa, Europe, here in the United States, Canada. 
And the more I seek out guests for my uh, podcast, the more in wonder I am at how amazing people are and how people have so many gifts that they can share with the world. And that's really what my podcast is about, is about sharing your gift, finding your gift. And if, if you don't know what it is, find it. If you know what it is, build on it and actually be able to express it. Because when you express what you are truly meant to do, you are fulfilled, you are happy, you feel like getting up in the morning. You feel excited about getting up in the morning. And when you're living a life doing something or being something or someone that you're not, it causes a lot of unhappiness. So I found um, connecting with these people, I am so, my life is so enhanced. And the other thing that I really love about it is when I see one person that can benefit another person, I put them together. So connecting is just the number one thing I do. So I think if anyone um, would like to start a podcast, there's a lot of things, a lot of parts to it. But one of them is you have to like connecting with people because you're continually looking for new guests and continually, um, you know, connecting people. And my, um, as far as benefits of doing a podcast, it's huge. My reach how I've expanded as far as who I'm connected with and who I can have a conversation with and who I could, you know, pick up the phone and call or get on a Zoom and call. It is huge. So if there's anyone that wants to be an influencer or if they are a small business person and they want to be the authority, they want to be the go-to expert that people come to, podcasting is an awesome way to do it because people see you well it depends if you do audio or video i do both audio and video so um they see you they hear you and they come become familiar with you you create rapport with them they feel comfortable they feel safe you have created trust so through a podcast you're creating trust you're creating you're becoming influential you're becoming the authority and if you're looking for more clients for your business, you definitely get more clients. They come to you. So um, the podcasting course, I started just out of my heart because I am so addicted to podcasting that I am still actually seeing patients during the day. And I will do a podcast with my European people at 7 a.m. and with my American and Canadian and um uh, New Zealand people at 8 p.m. And then on my day off, I'll do podcasts. Why? Because I love it. And that's how anyone's passion should be. It should be something you can't wait to do. You stay up. I mean, I have been here on the computer connecting, doing my emails, sending out what I need to send, like questions and stuff for the podcast. And I'll get so tired that I just put my head on the desk and I fall asleep. And then I wake up. <laughs> it's like okay i do a little more i said okay you have to go to sleep that's how your life should be your life should be so exciting whatever you're doing uh, it should be so exciting and if you're not feeling that way if you're going to a job you hate or if you're in a relationship that's not serving you and the person is not feeding you or helping you feel good about yourself or um or if you, 
anything like that, you need to just get out of there. Life is way, way too short. So, you know, look around, find out who you are, what you like, what you don't like, what's important to you, what are your values? That's very important. What our ethics and values are, what you will tolerate, what you will not tolerate. And then create your life in a way that you have the people that you love around you and the people that actually build you up around you and that you do are doing the things every day that you love to do. Now, everybody's got things they don't want to do. I mean, I, I have a, a granddaughter and um, she's two now, but when she was a baby, you know, you have to change the diaper. Nobody really wants to change the diaper, but there are things, some things in life that we're not passionate about. But, you know, I'm passionate about loving my granddaughter. So you do those things and you want to have a nice home. So you may not feel like cleaning the floors, but, you know, you do those things. So what I'm saying is the majority of your time should be spent doing things that really, really feed you energize you make you feel good so you know if anyone is interested in being an influencer getting more clients um and just being an authority in their um sphere of influence then podcasting is it and i you know invite you to to uh do the course and the other thing about the course is um like i said earlier i really find masters to teach me things. I find the best person. I have been at invitation only um, trainings from masters in my field in vision therapy, where you had to be invited and then you flew in and you were in somebody's living room and you're listening to this master speaking. And there's only like, you know, 12 of you or less and you're learning. I seek out that type of uh, training and so when I do this podcasting course for people, I am doing it for the first time. So give me a little grace, but I will make sure that you get everything you need. You don't have to worry or say, oh, I don't know how to do this, or I don't know what, what equipment to use, or I don't know which platform to use. I will show you everything. You don't have to worry about it. I'm going to hold your hand. But not only that, there's a huge accountability component. So there's going to be things to do each week. And it's an eight-week course. So by week six, you will have a podcast. And you will be podcasting, which is so cool. Um, but there is an accountability. So we're going to be accountable to each other, the people in the course. And I will be watching over. And if you're falling behind, I'm going to say, hey, uh, do you need some support? You need some help? You're not going to, it's not going to be a course. Like I know lots of people have bought courses and they're on the shelf or they're, you know, downloadable courses. They're still in their email. They didn't even open them. You know, that's not going to happen here. Cause I'm going to be calling your number. Okay. Where are you? This is, we're on lesson two. Now you haven't done lesson one. Uh, so if you want high accountability and actually want to get something done and be, you know, as long as, you do the course as long as you do what i tell you to do you will complete 100 percent. i can guarantee it so anyways i'm very excited about the course and very excited about sharing what makes me happy thank you for sharing that 
That is incredible. Now tell us more about your Live Your Passion Intensive course. Okay, so I kind of was mentioning some of the steps earlier. So I wrote a book, Visualizing Happiness in Every Area of Life. And it gives you a step-by-step, um, it's almost like the mini course, but the, the course I'm going to uh, do is a much expanded part of the way the book is written. But what it does is it says, okay, who am I? So many people, and even old people, never really figure out who they are. Or why they're here so we start by looking at ourselves and then what things do you mm -hmm. actually like now some people would like living on rodeo drive and shopping and having a mansion and you know entertaining all the time and i know um i have a friend who lives in west virginia he lives in a double wide he has his dog he has this uh, place where he smokes his meat. He's a hunter. He's got his gun. And one morning he looked out the window into the mountains and saw a deer. So he opens up the window of his double wide. He puts the gun out, shoots the deer, goes, gets the deer, skins the deer, puts it in his smoker. Now this guy is so chill. So, you know, he's cooking deer meat. He can tell you how many chestnuts fell off of his tree that year. Because he's so chill, he's so calm, he's so with nature. But then there could be the, the other woman who she lives on Rodeo Drive with her little fluffy puppy. And she likes to go to the shops and buy the most expensive clothes. She would hate it in the double wide. And guess what? My friend who lives in the double wide, he would hate it on Rodeo Drive. So you have to find out what it is that you really like. And, you know, uh, as I'm going through the book, I'm telling people how to actually put these things in. So find out what you like and then find out what your values are. And I mentioned that a little bit earlier. So. One of my values is, um, one, uh, my relationship with God, and two, my health, and three, my family. So whenever I'm asking myself a question about, okay, should I do this, or should I be involved in this, or shouldn't I? Those are the th three things I go through. One, would it be pleasing to God, and would it enhance my relationship with God? Two, is it detrimental to my health or to someone else's health? Because you can say, oh, um, I'm just going to sell. I, I'm just going to go into this business and sell these drugs because, you know, I would make a lot of money. But no, you're hurting someone, right? You're hurting their health. So I wouldn't do anything that would hurt someone else's health or hurt, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally. So that's the second question I ask. Okay. Is it okay as, as far as my second value? Uh, third value is my family. Okay. So if I am working constantly and my family doesn't have any time with me, I'm not going to choose that. And I could choose to work some of the time or do this some of the time, but there's always got to be the family time. So you go through each thing that is your value and measure it to see if it's an alignment. And if it's not, you don't do it because as soon as you go against your own values, against your own ethics or what you think is morally right, 
you are hurting yourself and you will start to um if you've heard of um uh, psychosomatic illnesses you can start to actually get sick physically and emotionally when you're not living according to your own values the ones deep inside that you knew know are are yours they're deep rooted so so know who you are find out what you like um find out what your values are and then take a look at things and see okay what experiences have i had that really gave me a lot of joy and sometimes you look back to childhood and say okay these are the things that really made me happy and uh, for me it was art so i was always creating things always being um making crafts or painting or sewing or knitting or crocheting anything uh crafty i would do um so as an adult, I actually started putting art back into my life about five years ago. I should have taken an art class. I always was interested, always wanted to do it, but the responsibility of getting a job and, and taking care of children was there. But as my children got older, I started putting these things in. And that's another thing to look at when you're looking at your life. Okay, I have this much time. Um, how am I going to use it? So if you have children, you have to have time for the children. You have to have time for yourself and you have to have time for your spouse and and then work. So, and then every quarter you want to check and see, okay, what do I need to do now? Because right now it's soccer season. So we have practices. But guess what? Soccer's ending because it's snowing here now. <laughs> and so now we have other things happening. So you want to reassess your life constantly to make sure one, it's giving you joy and two it's um your schedule is aligning up with what's happening in your world so um i know i've gone on a little long on that but uh there's so many ways that you can actually create your life so that it is lovely and beautiful and in the morning because i have had times when i didn't want to get up in the morning when i was working too much or i just was taking on too many responsibilities and I know other people have felt that way too. So it's just good to take a look at yourself and just see what it is that makes you happy. That's right. Now you mentioned some days you couldn't even get out of bed. Now, how did you shift your mindset from a negative mindset to a positive mindset to allow yourself to do so? I have lots of techniques. So um, <laughs> I I got divorced fairly early, actually when, my, when I, I have three children and when um, I, was pregnant with my third one um we were going through a divorce and so i was a single parent for quite a while and i just had to depend on me my family lived in michigan i actually moved to georgia and so i would do all sorts of things one i would say things to myself like self-talk to help myself get going in the morning um the other thing that really helps me a lot is music so you can put on different kinds of music and totally change your state. So if I'm feeling kind of bad, I put in that song, I feel good. <laughs> I would now. <laughs> I love that. So I have a YouTube, uh, you know, my favorite, and I have one called Morning. And that's the first one on the morning one. I feel good. And yeah. the next one on there is, now I'm happy, you know, the, the Farrell Williams, the, that one's on there. <laughs> so I, I put on those things to help me actually change my mindset very, very quickly. And in recent years, I've changed uh, what I do. Um, so 
one thing I started many years ago actually is I wake up in the morning and as soon as I open my eyes, I, I say to myself, um, all of a sudden I lost my life to say to myself, uh, but I, I get in front of the mirror and I say, uh, good morning. I am loved today. I'm the most magnificent person in the whole world. I mean, I say it just like that, really funny. And then I laugh really, really loud. Because think about it. You wake up in the morning, you look at yourself in the mirror. Not many people look great in the morning. Your hair's all everywhere. You know, maybe your nightgown's up weird. <laughs> no makeup on. And so you're just looking at yourself saying you're the most magnificent person in the world. And then laugh. And so it releases you and your subconscious mind listens to that and hears that. Yeah, I'm, an, I'm a magnificent person. I can just keep on going. So that is incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Now, you mentioned God before. How important is re your relationship with God to you? It's the most important thing in my life. So, you know, when you talked about... Um, not necessarily not getting out of bed, but, you know, everybody has times in their life when they're not so happy or they feel really bad. Um, I don't know if I can say I've been like clinically depressed, but I've had times when I was pretty sad. You know, it was just, it was just difficult. And it's my faith in God that pulled me through because when no one else is around except you're yourself or you feel alone, I know that God is always there with me. And um, my conversation with God is continuous. So some people, they have different um, thoughts on this, but some people just have a certain time when they pray. So, you know, I always pray before I eat something because I think we should bless our food and we should take a moment to quiet our bodies and ourselves. Um, but I'm in continuous conversation with God in my mind. Um, and I think that's the way it should be because of all the, and, and I know not everybody has these feelings about God, but I'm just going to share what my, yes, please do. What my personal is, is that I know that he is always there with me. Even if I feel alone, even if I feel afraid, for um, several years, I worked part-time in the inner city of Atlanta um, to the point where, you know, uh, I would, I knew who all the, the homeless people were because, you know, they kind of hung around. So they all knew me. I knew them. But, you know, it was, can be really frightening. Um, it was also mostly a black community. And here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm like less, less than five, two blonde. So I stood out. And um, sometimes it could be really um, frightening and you have to walk and just kind of be aware of the surroundings because it really wasn't that safe of a place to be. But I loved working there. And in fact, um, let me tell a, a funny story. So I grew up in Michigan and there's not a lot of race, racial stuff happening there. When I was growing up, at least there wasn't. Um, but when I come down to the the South and Georgia, uh, I couldn't believe how angry white people were against black people were angry about white people. And I'm like, and I didn't understand what was going on. 
but one day there was a, a kind of a funny story. It scared me, but then it was okay. So I, I had, um, this is when I was pretty young. I had this little red escort car and it was a time when I had just gotten a cell phone. So, um, and one day I got in my car in the parking lot at work. It was at a mall and I wanted to leave and go home. And there was a group of people in the parking lot. And so I was parked there and I turned my, you know, put in uh, the reverse and I'm going to back out. And when I'm about to back out, I look and there's this crowd of like 10 people stand behind my car. So I'm like, what the heck? So then I turn that off and I kind of look behind me and they move. And so then I put it back in reverse. I'm about to move and they all move behind my car. <laughs> so now I'm getting kind of scared, you know, because I'm all by myself. And um, they do this a third time. <laughs> finally, after that, thank goodness, I just had gotten a new cell phone. <laughs> I pull out my cell phone because I'm going to call the people that I work with inside for them, for one of them to come out and get me. <laughs> so I pull out the phone. And when I pull out the phone, they all move away, like way out of way so that I can get out. And they're just laughing and slapping each other and just had the good, good old time with this tiny little white girl, you know, <laughs> like, oh my gosh. But I mean, it was just people just, just having fun. And, you know, and, and when I think about that, I think, you know, um, working there, like I said, it was mostly um, uh, African-American or, or black American Americans. Um, I, I loved working there and the people were just genuine and I, I really loved that. But just seeing the contrast of North to South was really interesting to me. And like I said, that experience was a uh, scary tell it become funny. <laughs> so how did that shift your perception on things? I, I think that everybody just wants to be happy and, and have, you know, enjoy their life. And, and they were just being silly. I didn't know that. Of course, they were trying to scare me just to, you know, but I mean, they were just being silly. They, you know, it, it's, it's one thing when you're being silly or just having fun. And, and, and it's another thing when there, there's mean teasing, you know, and I'm not for mean teasing in any form from any race, you know, I, I, I don't think that there's a place for that because words hurt people, but just when you're just having fun and yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I'm one of those people, you know, obviously I have eyes and I can see that there's an Indian person and there's a black person and there's a, Dr. Kimberly, are you with us? 